0: The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have y'all back, but let me tell you, I am extremely excited about our guest today. It is long overdue. We're welcoming one of the founding partners at Mainline Capital Partners, Denise Piazza. Denise, thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I am absolutely great. I am on uh, coffee cup number two, three, (laughs) somewhere in there. uh, I'll caffeine up. Yes, at least for the time being. I'm a I'm definitely a big coffee drinker throughout the day. It's pretty cold right now for Charleston standards. So I'll I'll probably drink it most of the day today. But but Denise, thank you for joining us. I, I'm so excited to have you. I know we've been trying to get this together for a long time. So I'm really excited to have you. For those that are maybe hearing your voice or seeing your face for the first time, hopefully not. But if they are, I would love to hear your origin story, you know, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you kind of find yourself doing these days.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm from a suburb of Philadelphia. So I started working in uh, real estate about 20 years ago through my first job at an accounting firm. I had a lot of exposure to accounting and tax work for a number of clients who owned real estate or, you know, that was their, their number one their source of income or they, you know, they invested passively in real estate. I didn't have the capital necessarily at the time to invest myself, but I knew it was something that I needed to have eventually within my portfolio, just from all of that experience working with those clients. And after a few years at that firm, I went and I worked for uh, a few large um, Fortune 100 companies doing accounting and finance work. Luckily for me, the companies I worked with grew very quickly. I had to swim in many different lanes, got to work on lots of different acquisitions, system implementations, joint venture projects, things of all that nature. And then about 10 years ago, my husband and I, we were at the point where we were ready to start investing in real estate. We've invested throughout that time, both actively as general partners or owners and passively in multiple deals across multiple asset classes we've done single family, commercial retail space, office space, triple net leases, and multifamily. All of this in addition to all of our traditional investments, but again, new from our both of our backgrounds, both being CPAs. So if you, Cody, ever have any problem falling asleep at night, feel free to give us a call. We'll tell you about our day. But through all these investments, we really developed a passion for multifamily investing. We, as you know, as CPAs, we love the tax benefits, obviously, in comparison to some of our more traditional investments, as well as just the strong, predictable returns when you're in the right markets.
0: I love it. Well, listen, I, I, I love the background and I, I love probably even more than what you brought to the table. And, and I'm sure incredibly how valuable are to, to what you guys are doing from a CPA standpoint being able to understand all the math that goes into and, and the spreadsheets that you have to configure to Figure out if this deals work, but I love the abundance of real estate experience you bring to the table. You've been in a bunch of different asset classes, you've seen and researched a bunch of different ones. And I don't, I don't know if we've had a guest on the show that has had that much experience in different asset classes. So I I think that's incredibly awesome. I'll continue to say it for those listening. Denise is another example of it, doesn't matter what you do outside of real estate, if you have the drive, the passion. And really the the time to dedicate to find and research things, different asset classes within real estate, it's an incredible thing to, to be able to jump into. And it doesn't matter where you are in your career or what you do, you can jump into it. And on a side note, I don't know if that would put me to sleep because oftentimes my wife will find me <laughs> watching Excel YouTube videos on how to create formulas in Excel. I don't know if I'm the right person to to put to sleep All with right. those kinds of things. Challenge accepted, Cody. There you go. Cinema, cinema you got that and desk setup videos. I know it's weird. I love seeing how other people arrange their desk. Today, you know, with all the things that you brought to the table, all the the different asset classes, all the different types of real estate you've been in, I'm sure it hasn't always been easy or perfect. So we want to hear for our audience and myself included, what comes to mind from some of your unsuccess stories or a story that maybe you had experience with that can help educate myself and our audience as well
1: sure i think early on when we first started investing is probably some of the biggest struggles that i that i encountered the first mistake that i made years ago when we were investing in real estate is just rushing into some of our earliest deals we got we were presented with opportunities and i knew i should be investing in real estate based on my interaction throughout my career with a lot of our clients and folks who had invested, but I really should have taken more time in figuring out what type of assets I wanted to invest in, Under better understand initially the typical returns for those types of deal structures. And we're very fortunate in that we never lost money on those early deals, but you know, we invested in some deals where Operators or owners, they you know, they didn't hit their projections, or we never saw distribution until they sold the asset. And then basically the market bailed them out. So it's just a really for me, it's a matter of the opportunity cost of your money. You could, you know, be in a in a in a decent deal, but Basically, I want my money working hardest for me. I want to be in the right asset classes. I want to be with the right operators. And I really want to make sure that I'm making, you know, the best possible use out of my capital being invested.
0: I love that. And and I want to unpack something you said right at the beginning of that, which is you said you, you know, you jumped in almost a little too quick. You wish you would have done a little bit more research or known some of the, the asset classes a little bit better. One thing that we've continued to hear on this podcast is the idea of, of just getting started, jump in, don't play, don't wait on the sidelines, and, and watch other people play the game, if you will, with that analogy. But I'm wondering, with, with what you went through, how would you mitigate that risk or, or help others understand when's the appropriate time or, or when they should jump in and when they should maybe wait to to jump in a little bit later, in your opinion?
1: Sure. In my opinion, you really have to understand, you know, certain facets of real estate, one of which I like to think of, it comes with a liquidity tax. So if you're looking for something, which, you know, being a CPI should specify, there's not, there's not literally a liquidity tax. It's just, (laughs) that's, that's a saying that basically, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, unlike your, your more traditional investments, your money's going to be tied up for the projected hold period or, you know, potentially shorter, depending on what goes on with the asset. So you have to understand that, you know, your capital is going to be um, out of your out of touch, but you're making your money work for you. So you should invest in something that cash flows and that, you know, appreciates. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, in the right market, you can you can hit both of those. You can hit the cash flow and you can hit growth from appreciation. The other big lesson that I think I've learned, given that I'm a CPA and have a lot of finance and accounting background, the number one thing I was always looking at initially is just the projected returns. So what's the projected returns? What are they saying they're going to make on this asset? When in reality, if you don't have the right people doing the underwriting for an asset, you can make the numbers look like whatever you want to make them look like. Basically, if you don't have enough financial savvy skill sets to understand that, then, you know, you're, you're just basically, you're, you're taking on a lot of risk. So it's really understanding the numbers, but also understanding the team of, folks that you're investing with. So I know sometimes that's easier said than done when you're um, passively investing is to get to know the team. But, you know, there's a number of ways that over the years, I've tried to do that. One of which one tip I have is always to ask for a reference on other deals. If if they'll share with you, you know, I always ask about what was your worst acquisition? You know, mm-hmm. what what went wrong? What was your own story? What went wrong on that deal? Can I talk to an investor? What happened on that particular asset? Understand, you know, how the operator communicated with uh, their investors throughout that time. Understand, you know, how, you know, what went on with the distributions from the investor's perspective too, not just the operator's perspective, you know, so- placing more weight on the team, understanding their presence in that market, their relationship with their property management company if it's multifamily asset and you know what their experience is like with their property management team really can kind of give you a better sense for how they're going to operate the asset because you know a great team can take a mediocre deal and turn it into a home run. So that's the reality, put more don't just solely focus on the, the financial metrics, you know, also consider the team that's operating the asset. And I think that's, that's a very important lesson that we've learned over the time of our investment.
0: No, I think that's an incredibly in, valuable lesson because at the end of the day, to your point, the operator is only going to take the property as far as they're able to take it. And, 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 and operate it and manage it effectively, whether they're doing the actual management of the property or having third party on it. And they're just managing the manager. They will only go or that property will only be as valuable and, and grow as much as they can successfully operate that business. And, and I think there are a lot of people out there that to your point initially, or even now, hopefully not, but just look at the returns and look at the presentation and look, wow, you know, they're, they're talking about eight, nine, 10% return on, you know, cash on cash returns and the IRR is through the roof and what you're, they're not seeing, or they're not asking is to your point. I love it. Ask the operator about communication, ask them about their failures or challenges they've had. And if they're not willing to share that information, that's probably, a, it'd be a red flag for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I would imagine for a lot of people, it would be a red flag as well. You know, judge me, not only just on the stuff that I do well, but, on the stuff that I haven't done well, because I'm going to learn as much or more from that than I would doing everything right. And I think the market right now, my opinion, is making a lot of people look right. So I'm anxious to see if and when there's a correction that comes about how everyone plays in the sandbox then and where all these operators going to be at once that market shifts. But Denise, I, I think you're spot on with looking at the operator first and making sure they match up with your expectations of what you want out of the property and can they do it effectively. I do want to ask, if you don't mind, how long you know it took you to find a good operator or that you would recommend people uh, interact with a team or a person before they start to invest
1: I think it's just a matter of, I don't think you have to vet them for a number of years or anything like that, or watch what they're doing. But I do think it's, you'd be surprised now that I'm also on the active side of investing, you'd be surprised how few people ask for track records of operators. So it's something that either, you know, they have to have experience or, you know, some sort of track record of investing in real estate and you know owning assets and operating assets it's just you know something as simple as that understanding what their background is and their assets and their management like i said you'd be surprised how few people actually ask about that track record when they're just you know focusing as i said on the financial metrics so i would say get to know them interview them ask for their track record ask for references take the time to understand a little bit more about them and how they manage their asset post acquisition the you know the acquisition stage and the process of trying to figure out what your projections are is the easier part and mm-hmm. then you know the the actual you know the actual execution of your business plan is even more critical and the second you take over that property your pro forma is wrong so yeah basically, you know, understand how they can adjust and take into account everything that's evolving in the market. And, you know, like I said, basically, just try to get to know them and or somebody that has invested with them previously.
0: I love that. Uh, I forget who said this on the show and I wish I could remember to give them credit, but they were talking about how the pro forma is just a guide to get from the start to the finish of the the property when they're going to sell it. That's not the actual destination. It's just the guide. And there will be many twists and turns and and wrong directions and and things that happen that delay or or change what you're looking at. It takes a good operator to know how to avoid those things or how to get around them and make the property still be effective. So Denise, I think that's as good enough spot as ever to to wrap up. That's a lot of valuable lessons. I think a lot of people listening to this should definitely rewind this one. If you still rewind, I guess, move the needle back, (laughs) Um, go back and listen to what Denise was saying, because I think there's a lot of great information about those that are looking to get into investing maybe on the limited side, the passive side, or if you're a general partner, if you're on the active side and you're looking for investors, listen to what Denise was saying, because she's been a limited partner before. These are what your investors are likely wanting to ask from you. And if you're not doing that, you should probably provide it to them anyway. So Denise, thank you so much for joining today. I can't thank you enough for those that want to work with you, maybe invest with you, even learn from you. Where's the best place people can find you?
1: You can reach us on our website. It's www.mlcapitaladvisors.com. And then I believe I'll, I also headset you my email address. It's too long to attempt to, to describe over the, over the, over the video. So if you can just drop that in the show notes, that would be great. But yeah, please feel free to reach out to me. I love to chat with folks. I love to I offer to all my investors whenever they're looking at deals, I'm happy to review, even if it's not my deal, obviously I've been in their shoes, especially early on. So happy to look at your, you know, your potential investments and give you my thoughts. Not that they're um, necessarily the best, but, you know, just happy to give my opinion.
0: Listen, she's got experience. She says CPA folks. If you're not taking advantage of that, you you may be doing something wrong. So reach out. I, I will vouch. Denise is amazing. We, we send her a lot of our stuff and try to have her look over and make sure that we're crossing all our T's, dotting our I's as well. So Denise, honestly, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for joining. I'm sorry it took so long for us to get this together, but I'm glad we finally did.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Cody. It was great.
0: Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening and watching at home. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories Podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories Podcast.